Welcome one, welcome all, welcome to the goddamn bricks in the wall. I am your host, Juan, aka truthin.media. So truth.in.media at Instagram. And if you play Xbox, I'm Trippy Shaman. Uh, I usually play GTA, but I haven't been playing as much. Anyways, today we have an interesting type of show. We're going to have a guest that's a fan. He's uh, a fan that I've been interacting with for a while. He's a really cool dude. He's really young. And I just, I, I love listening to people and their point of view and how they come to arrive at this type of mentality, you know, of seemingly truth-seeking, asking questions, pushing back against authority. It seems like there's people out there who just naturally... Uh, lean toward that type of perspective, the Pink Floyd type of perspective, you know, like having the teachers not push propaganda on kids and all of this stuff. So I'm going to have this guy and it, this kind of uh, format that I'm going to do today reminds me sort of Art Bell. You know, he had Coast to Coast Radio. Uh, we could talk about that. He would just have guests on, come on the show, talk about their perspectives of what they thought about aliens or ghosts or demons or these kind of weird seemingly woo-woo type of subjects but i believe there's something to them because they've been talked about for thousands of years and something doesn't last that long if there's nothing to it in my opinion so today like i said we're gonna have a fan he's a pretty chill dude he has a he lives in near the beach so we want to talk about beach life and how it is to live so close to nature to close to something very powerful you know the ocean the most powerful force on earth so Without any further ado, I want to introduce to y'all your comrade and mine, Mr. Steve. How you doing, Steve? Hey, I'm doing amazing today. We got beautiful weather here on my side of town. I hope you're doing good today. I'm doing great, brother. So I'm in Texas, and we we're talking a little bit earlier. Where are you from? Tell us where you're from and uh, the beach and what kind of thing, what, what you do, basically. So right now, I'm a student in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, it's like the only college town that is on the East Coast, excluding Florida. So really, there's a lot to it besides the college. There's so much going on here. Like you can do so much. There's so many parks. You can do water activities. You have the beach. Like I am so close to the beach. Um, like anytime that I just need to like get a break and like just go and clear my mind. I, I literally have the beach to go to like. It's so amazing that you could just go to that massive body of water. Yeah. There's can, really can you something walk like there? it. Excuse me? Can you walk there? You can bike there. Oh, nice. Yeah, we have a cross city trail. Like, you can bike everywhere across the town. Oh, that's awesome. But, like, the ocean is so powerful. There's just something so, like, healing to live by a body of water. Yeah, it's so primal. You know, I was, I yeah. went, um, yeah. Before my my daughter went to school, back to school uh, two weeks ago, I wanted to go to the beach, you know, give her that experience of, you know, the final weekend of summer. And mm -hmm. so I took her to the beach here in Galveston. And, you know, yeah, I, I totally know what you're feeling. I was, I went into the waves and I took, you know, I took a little bit of acid, you know, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> and so I, I went in pretty kind of deep where I couldn't touch the floor. And I was like, I got this sort of fear and I could just feel, you know, the primal force of, of the ocean just seeing like the waves come up and down, you know, yeah. that ocean doesn't give a fuck about you. Nature does not give a yeah, fuck literally. about you. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or a poor person, nature is just going to tear you apart if it, if, it can, if it wanted to and it was just like such a feeling of like I'm so tiny I'm such a minuscule minuscule tiny thing in this whole grand scheme of the world like absolutely man like 
what you were saying about the primal part when you're swimming in the ocean, just being in the waves and like riding the waves and like when one just comes up against you and you smash it, like it's healing. And there's, there's like, um, there's minerals in the water, the salt water that are actually like healing, legit healing. Like it will heal you. So like, you know how you go in the water with a cut, it will help your cut. The same kind of concept, you know, with other stuff that goes on in your body. Right. Um, So there's just something that's, like truly special about it for sure and you know i might get a little nasty but i have some kind of fungus on my foot you know it happens as you get older but when i was at the beach you know i was laying there and i was massaging my feet with the dirt you know with the sand and i was really scrubbing and like it cleared up a couple days later it's actually gotten way better and i'm actually gonna i was looking at my feet and they actually look way better than they did and i hadn't gone to the beach in maybe a year or so so yeah it's awesome It, it must feel awesome to just be able to like you said bike there and be there whenever you want and just like you're connected it's like to me it reminds me of the mountains when i went to mexico yes seeing the mountains was like what the hell they're enormous they're majestic like something it's like how the hell did they even get here right right in my head i was just kind of doing the logistics of you know what the forces that had to happen to create the the earth to like push up on itself and create these large structures of rock and earth it's just it's just amazing to pay attention to to see how grand nature is and how complex and intricate and uh, to me it's amazing when i meet an atheist like i will get into the spiritual side i'm sh- i'm almost sure you're you're not an atheist uh but to, to me to ask like to question an atheist how can you think that all of this amazing intricate stuff just came out of nowhere like the odds of it for it to exist this way with this type of uh, intelligence it, there's no way there's no way for this to just happen on accident the greatest trick the devil ever played was to get people to believe he wasn't real. Exactly. Yeah, I always post that. It's, yeah, I, I think I got it from your account or one of your podcasts or something, but that really stuck with me because, like, you know, I, I have atheist friends. I'm like, how can you be so, like, like you're so open-minded about other stuff. How could you not be open-minded to the fact that there's just, like, one divine creator? It doesn't even have to be like the god in your in the bible it could just be you know some overarching you know energy in the ether that kind of governs us all and consumes us all like like i feel like i feel like part of the fact that there's lots of atheists is because it's like a it's like an opposite reaction to what ha- like the christianity in this country like i feel there's lots of toxicity tied to the religion there's lots of uh you know nasty stuff that happens with the church so people will see that and they kind of they kind of you know turn their back against that because they see all the atrocities going on yeah yeah and so they're like okay well maybe i'll get you know there is no god and then they're taught evolution and the you know charles darwin bs in school and then that becomes their perception of the world right 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 and it's so crazy because to try to explain kind of god you kind of have to kind of erase people's minds and teach them everything from like the beginning because what we are is an accumulation of all the thoughts that have been implanted in us through school or through society and we think certain things subconsciously like uh, i'm sure you kind of gotten into flat earth and all that stuff it's pretty interesting yeah it's always fascinating how in every fucking movie not there's hasn't been a movie where i hadn't noticed but in every movie when you go to a kid's room, there's always a model of Literally. or space. It's like always, it, without fail. And it's just it's, like... It's like... Go ahead. It's, it's insane. Like, 
I, I don't know what it is about the kids room that they put like the rocket ships or the solar system. But one thing I always see, and it's not even in movies is this planet Saturn, right? Like what? I don't, I haven't gone really deep into it, but I've seen like Saturn everywhere, like on album covers, on art, you know, in movies. I even see it in my day-to-day life, like posters along, you know, I, on my apartment wall, we, they have like events going on. It's like space theme and they put like Saturn in it. Right. Like right. I just got this tapestry and it has Saturn in it. I'm like, I'm like, like, why is Saturn always like the one, like the go-to one? Right. Well, to me, it seems like it's the simplest planet to draw for people to get an idea of space because every other planet doesn't have rings. Yeah, you know? it's it's unique in its own sense. But then, like you think about like the Saturn worshiping like stuff. Yes. I, I think it ties into like the black cube. I don't know. Like I haven't gone deep into it. I've seen it places, um, but I feel like in some way it could be tied to that, especially like in the media stuff, like in the movies or album covers. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I've gone that dark rabbit hole, and it's a little weird because once you go down it, well, it, basically what essentially that whole idea is is that Saturn is Kronos, you know, Father Time. He is the one that supposedly in the uh, whatever the occultists and the people who believe in this stuff think is that he is the one who created everything. And uh, from all the gods come from him, and he was such a greedy god that he ate his own children because he was afraid of them coming to power. So... Yeah, once you get into that whole row of black cube of Saturn, you realize that that symbolism is used through the major religions. I did a post a while back where the cube of the cube, the black cube, you can unfold it to make the Christian cross. Uh, it also makes the, the the religious icons of Islam and uh, Jewish tradition. Like it all can be um, extrapolated from the black cube of Saturn, and it's strange because you know. I always talk about I grew up Christian and it seems like I'm coming yeah. back to Christianity, but also like you said, something as powerful as Christianity, you can't not expect to be fucked with or infiltrated. Because I feel there has been certain things in the Bible, like for example, the main one I feel is Jesus says, Turn your other cheek. But to me, I think that's been something implanted by either the New World Order or the bad guys because they want you to like just give up. But to me, I think yeah. previously in the Bible it says that God was here to destroy evil. You know, we're here to destroy evil, not just let it slap us on the other side of the face. So to me, it's little things like that that I feel get inserted into the Bible to kind of pacify the Christians because what we're really here to do is to destroy evil. You know, we're here, if we see something wrong, we're supposed to call it out and say something, not just be passive and like uh, just turn the other cheek and stuff like that, you know. So, um, yeah, go go ahead. Every, at the base of every religion, it's all about love. Right. And then, you know, when you go to church or anything like that, it's it's not that kind of stuff is tainted, and they kind of are they're so surface level, and they they don't really get a deep dive into yes. it, and and it just it makes me confused because we have you know if you just go to church, we have this whole book that talks about that talks about all these amazing things and how you can be the best person and you know don't judge anybody, just love your neighbor, and and we just get so surface level. Like yes. last time I went to church, we talked about how Jesus is like how there's actual evidence to prove that Jesus was real, blah, blah, blah. And and the dude literally, the pastor was like, now I'm going to believe the 600 astronauts that went to space, are you? Oh, and then he brought like the flat earth, like, you know, the earth's not flat. I mean, we have all these people that went up to space. I was like, dude, yeah, come exactly. on, man. Like, 
Like, come on. Like, do you do you not know that there was like a group that decided which books to, should go in and out of the Bible a long time ago? Right. Like, come on, man. Right. At least be open minded. Exactly. And like, exactly. Uh, like, I go to church, and it's weird. The church that I go to, it has the one eye symbolism. I posted something. I about saw that it. post. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I take my kids because I want them to grow with a good moral standing. But I tell them, hey, you know, there's things that are they're not telling us. And uh, it's weird because the last time we went, they talked about tithing, you know, out of all the oh, in- interesting yeah. things that you could talk about. The guy was just talking and talking about how we have to give our money to the church, money to the church. And then he gave this example of we all buy coffee. We all pay for Hulu, Netflix and Disney. And I was like, dude. If we're a real church trying to wake people up to see the truth about reality, the first thing we should be doing is pointing out how corrupt and occult and dark Disney really is. And he's just like blindly just saying, oh, it's a cool thing that we all just follow Disney. But to me, like, I want to confront this pastor and be like, hey, you know, if we're really about God and, and helping people come to the church and see the truth, I think that one of the first things that we should start pointing out and the most obvious and that people can see and really understand is all the occult stuff that they put in Disney and how recently Disney's pushing this whole agenda of pushing, like, LGBTQ ideas. Yeah, the woke stuff. Right, and it's like, come on, man. Like, the, the church... It, see, I love going to church because it's a kind of big church, and it's beautiful. I love when they... I don't really like seeing when they sing because, to me... I don't like it either. It, they have, like, a rock band, and it seems like they're getting the praise instead of God. When I went to a different church with my parents, a really old-school, traditional church, you know, the musicians played down in the bench. You know, the worship was all for God, but it seems to me like in this church, the the musicians are getting all the praise. They're, like, rock stars, basically. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about. There's, like, a, there's a mega church back in my hometown, and... The, dude, this pastor makes I he makes a shitload. I know it, and everyone that doesn't go to this church knows like, oh, that elevation is a cult. That place is a cult. Like this dude has gone through so many scandals of like, uh, like uh, the, you know, the church is on back. So he's like going through all these scandals. He like walks around the church with his security guards, oh, and wow. he has a podcast. Buy my book. Buy my book. Oh. And it's like it's like the motivational like um, Joel Olstein kind right. of stuff. It's, you know, scratching the surface and it's like, make you feel good. Like the truth, the truth should hurt. Like if we're going to go into this book and we're going to look, dissect it for what it is, you know, even though the Bible has been tainted with or, you know, messed up in translation, let's still, you know, we have what we have and let's go through it and figure out how we can be better people, not only for yourself, but as a community. And I feel like it's all part of, you know, the betterment of the church, like, oh, like, put your money in the church, like you said, and like, you know, bring people here, like, if you want to spread the Jesus love, bring them to church, invite them to church, and it's right. like, well, why, why are you trying to recruit people for right, church? Right, like, exactly, that's like, what I kept thinking, and I was like, if we were really a powerful force, because, okay, like, to go back where I was saying, I love it when we're singing, and then the rock band, like, doesn't sing, and you can hear the voice of the whole church, it's yeah. like, it's like so powerful, and to me, I was thinking, like, imagine if you could just push that voice to realize that it's Disney and the media and all these things that are putting propaganda in our head that is what's destroying the world. If you could just have all these people have that voice be like, we need to turn off Disney, we need to turn off Netflix, like we could really create a change. But like you said, instead they just want to make you feel good. They tell you the barely they skim the surface. They don't really dig deep into the actual truth of what's kind of hidden within within the words of the bible you know there's a lot of symbolism exactly and metaphors and parables that you really got to kind of dig deep to understand what they're really talking about 
Yeah, and and I feel like like over time, like since there's been so many translations, and then once it was translated to English, it had to be dumbed, literally dumbed down for our version of English. So I feel like a lot of it gets, you know, it got messed up, and we have to go back and and really make sure that we got it right to begin with. Right. Yeah. Well, I I'm, I don't know if you know, but the original language that the Bible was written in the ancient Hebrew language. The yeah. words actually uh, have a numerical representation. So, for example, words like God, love, peace, all these words have the same numerical value when you add them up. So there was an mm. even deeper code within the Bible that you can kind of... Like a numerical code. Yes, yes. You should look into... It's called the Bible code or something like that. There was The a whole, Bible code. Yeah, it's a whole... I should write that down. Yeah, I'm going to write it down too. I need to rewatch that. But yeah, it's basically this guy saying that uh, the Bible doesn't only have a certain... Uh, a meaning with this words, but if you break down the words into the numerical values and move them around and do certain things, you actually get even a deeper insight. It's pretty trippy. Uh, these, like Joe Rogan says, I bet these people were tripping balls when they were doing this stuff. Yeah, I know exactly, man. Because when I was at church and the guy was just talking about tithing, I, I started reading the book of Ezekiel because the book of Ezekiel is super trippy. It tells you about Ezekiel seeing like these trippy uh entities basically these people that have four faces and four wings on each side and they're traveling in vehicles that have wheels within wheels and they're spinning interchangeably it's like dude this dude was tripping on something (laughs) who makes that stuff up you can't make that stuff up it is it is pretty crazy and like if you if you like read the descriptions of what they, they saw the angels as it's not like the angels you see on the nativity scene it's like some scary looking things yeah. like they got eyes all over them yeah. they have all these crazy different characteristics like you know it was really like what we know now to be angels and like everything in the bible is like really tainted and, and i feel like dumbed down yeah yeah that's all been propagandized to make us see see that spiritual world through a certain lens but yeah um, there's a part of the Bible that says something like, if you could only see the actual spiritual battle that's going on with demons and angels fighting over your attention, literally. And that's what I keep repeating on my... Yeah, you're loose. Yeah, it's all your... There's a spiritual world going on, and what they want is your, your attention, your loose, your, your, your mind. As long as they can take your mind away from God and focus it on, on uh, football games, on, <laughs> on porn, on... Uh, Anything just to push it away from God is yeah. good. They're winning. That's how they win. And so yeah, we're, World War Three is a spiritual battle. I agree. And and back where you said about the football game, I think that's hilarious because you know I'm young and I got you know guy friends that are into the stuff. And you know what you said about the soccer games one time, you were like tripping and you saw the soccer games like, well, why am I gonna like support these people that are making millions of dollars that who could give a fuck about who I am yeah. and but you know watch the TV you know, pay the subscription where these people are making millions of dollars. Right. Like, you know, why would I pay attention to this while, you know, really important stuff is going on yeah, in the sure. world? Yeah, the way I said it, I was tripping balls on mushrooms and I saw these guys playing soccer on TV and I was like, the billions of dollars that gets poured into watching grown men fight for a ball. Like, God damn, like it's billions of dollars poured into it. It's basically subsidized to watch literally grown men play a little kid's game. Like instead of having like, real debates about reality or what people think about the mind or consciousness to me that would that should be the real sports like imagine absolutely the, i could just imagine now like competitions of people having debates and coca-cola sponsoring and pepsi could you imagine a world where like the corporations were actually pushing to help raise consciousness 
that that would maximize their profits. There's no way. And I think it's like, happening slowly. It's it seems like kind of the news is starting to realize that if they talk shit about Joe Biden, they get more views. And I think like yeah. hopefully slowly the news realize that yeah, we were making money off of lying to people and stuff, but we can make even more money if we just tell the truth. And I think if that were to happen, man, the shift that would happen in reality because it really is. These are the gatekeepers, the media. They're the mm -hmm. ones that are showing us what how to look at things i think malcolm x said a quote or something along the lines that the media is so powerful it has the strength to make the innocent look guilty and the guilty look innocent it completely inverts and twists everything they have they literally have the power to shape our perception on reality like in the book tavistock institute it talks about how literally when you're watching tv your brain waves i don't remember exactly what what it's along the lines of like your brain state literally changes and you become open and susceptible to everything you see on the TV. Yep. And even if your conscious mind can't realize what's going on, your subconscious mind is literally downloading that into your brain. Yep. If y'all check out one of my past episodes, I think it was with Jehan. We spoke just about that. He's real He's real knowledgeable about how the TV like scientifically puts you into that state that you said you're basically hypnotized. And everything exactly. that you're seeing is is bypassing your prefrontal cortex, the one that the part of the brain that actually thinks and analyzes and and puts things into logical perspective. It's bypassing all that, and it's being poured directly into your subconscious mind. And then you add the symbolism and the signs and symbols they add onto the screen. They're really fucking with you. They're really doing some type of occult magic, and it just looks like a movie, though. But it's this dark is, magic. Yeah, this is the spell. That's how the spell works. You know, it's kind of like tell lie vision. Yes, sir. So tell me, Steve. Um, you know a lot of shit. How old are you, first of all? Because you're really young. You're in college, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm 19. Okay, and so tell me about your childhood and what kind of led you down this path of waking up and, and learning about these things. So I grew up, um, you know, a Christian. I go to church and all that stuff. Um, I, from childhood, I, I knew I never was like the same. Like I never was a follow. I never was a follower. Um, I never wanted to like, you know, follow in people's footsteps. Like um, just what everybody else was doing, I, I never wanted to do it. Um, and I get to college and all my friends from my hometown are like joining fraternity and like partying and stuff. And I, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to train my jujitsu. I started training jujitsu, uh, a year and a half ago. And that was one of the main things that kind of like a switch, a switch turned on. I was like, Oh, oh okay. This shit's real. And, and why did you, you join jujitsu? Was it something about, about Ro Joe Rogan? It actually, yeah. So Joe Rogan. Um, you know, I would hear it on Joe Rogan. And then um, senior year of high school, I was taking these like computer classes. I went to some like high school that we did like, like pathways where you had your pathway and mine was computer engineering. And senior year, we had a new teacher and he was he's ex-Navy and he was training. And, you know, we kind of talked about it. He's like, hey man, just come, come train. Like come train this one time. Like, you know, I went on this one class and he was he was there and I started training and I just fell in love. Like I was literally borrowing their the school's key that was two sizes bigger than me. And you know, I trained and I fell in love with it. And it you know, I got to be surrounded by like men and I got to realize what a real man was. And and that is the that's what turned the switch. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Let me ask you um, this, Steve. Did you not have a father figure growing up? Um 
I, I do. Um, my parents are divorced and my dad has his own problems. Um, but you know, like me and my dad, we're cool. Like we get along really well. Uh, he just, he just has his own problems. Uh -huh. okay. So yes and no. Okay. No, I, yeah, I think it's fascinating because I also talk about that idea that we need a strong real role model, a, a man, exactly. like said, so, someone to motivate us. And in the past, we had these people like Martin Luther King, JFK, John Lennon. You know, we had these people that were actually talking about peace and human rights. But like now, the the biggest it's Harry names, Styles. right? The, yes, the biggest names now are like the people promoting rap uh twerking their ass like the dumbest <laughs> shit the lowest vibrational shit is the biggest things right now literally so, so sorry go ahead it's continue. a trap so you joined jujitsu and you realized that you you loved it and you have yeah, a i fell in love and i you know i'm still a white belt but it's it's my thing like i literally built my school schedule around it this year and like last over the summer i um I also had like a lawn business before I when, I, when I was in high school over the summer, like I started cutting grass for people in my neighborhood. That was another thing that like made me realize like, you know, I'm accountable for my own shit. I gotta, you know, be on my grind. That's awesome. I, How old yeah, were you when I you learned, did that in high school? Um, I started, I started my first one when I was like 15 for a neighbor. And then, you know, my mom helped me out like on, on Facebook cause she's an entrepreneur. So she has a business around it. She's like, she has a really good reputation, so she she kind of you know did her thing and helped me out. Um, and you know, word of mouth, man, that's a powerful thing. That's all I gotta say. That, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. There's a nice truck. Do you hear it? Yeah, I do hear it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh god. So, about how many thought. houses did you accrue when you like hit your peak? So, like at my peak, like seventeen, man. Oh, I was shit. going. Damn. Yeah, I know. I know. And so, like, I, I really was kind of uh, apprehensive about coming to college because I had to leave that business behind. But uh, it all worked out because, like, I, I started working or I had this, like, kid, like, literally my neighbor would, like, do help me out. And I was like, dude, take care of it. Like, I would, you know, I would do the schedule for him. I would, like, you know, I'd take my cut, but he still get paid good. Right. And, you know, right when I first, first thing when I got back, next morning I loaded the truck and went straight to work and I had my, you know, I had my job back. So that was something else that really, like, you know, made me realize shit is real. Like, you know, you got to make, you know, you got to make your own. Like, right. no one is there for you to, like, you know, pamper you and, like, give you what you need unless you're really privileged and you have that. But, like, dude, life is real. Like, it gets real. Right. Yeah, and to interject really quick, I, you would think that the greatest country on earth would have, like, teach these entrepreneurial skills to kids, but no, they just teach them to depend on the system, to go to college Literally. and get stuck on a loan and pay that shit off for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and some, my, me and my mom were talking, and she, I was like, you know, I got scholarships and, and stuff, so, like, we, we got a lot, but I was like, Mom, if I if I you weren't paying for college, like if I was paying for it, if I had to pay a cent, I wouldn't go. And and she was like, you know, she's part of the older generation. She's like, what do you mean? That's the normal thing to do. And I and I, I didn't say anything, but I was like, I was like, like mom, listen to yourself. It's it's normal to start life on negative. Like I'm gonna walk out with forty thousand dollars in debt, like negative forty thousand dollars. That's how I'm gonna start life. No thanks. Right. And that's exactly the reason I didn't go to college. Man, I wish I would have been more uh, on the ball to get grants and scholarships, but it's like 
I kind of just waited and skirted by, and then I was like, man, I, yeah. I don't want to get in debt. I'd rather just not go and get a job. And it sucks because now all these people are getting bailed out, and I was like, shit, I should have just gone and got bailed out too. But I saw, I literally saw this video of um, of someone go up to Elizabeth Warren. Yes, I and saw he, that. You know, yeah, blue collar. He was like, he's like, so my buddy, um, his daughter had to take out loans, and you're gonna pay it off, and they're totally cool with the financial stuff. But I worked my ass off and. And I saved up all my money for her to go to college. Are you gonna let you know? Are you gonna give me my money back? And she wouldn't answer the question. She was, you know, I think she like walked away from him. She or laughed. She laughed like, at him. Yeah, she laughed. Yeah, she laughed. It's like, come on. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I understand. Like, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, like, like, okay, you have to go to school. But like, like, I all the majors that I'm looking at, I'm like, this does not excite me. Like, I don't know if this is a me problem or I don't know if it's a them problem. But this does not sound fun. Like right now, my ma major is Spanish because uh, my dad's from Mexico, so I, I am bilingual. But I don't know what else to do, man. Like, wh what are you supposed to do with a Spanish major? <laughs> you know what be I'm saying? Be a teacher, maybe. But What's no, up? Yeah, be, I said be a teacher, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. But like, North Carolina is the worst place to be a teacher <laughs> for Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, and. And then, like, um, I guess back to, like, um, making me realize what, what, like, I don't know, flipped the switch was, you know, COVID. Like, when that, when that shit happened, I had so many questions. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And, and like, you know, it was right when it first started. You know, my mom was like, Stephen, maybe, Steve, maybe you should wear a mask when you go into the stores. And I was like, mom, do you, do you think that a piece of fabric is going to block a, some, like, little tiny tiny virus right. that is literally smaller than your own blood cells right. and like you know every time i would say that everyone would just like look at me and be like like well oh, but it like protects blah blah, blah. And, you know just repeating what they hear from the cdc right and you know here like push come to shove they did the mask mandate everyone's wearing masks for like two years and and it just it didn't make sense at all so to, to, it, to, it was covid for you that woke you up it wasn't 911 was, or it, previous things um it was it was covid because i'm not i'm not old enough to remember like i was born in 03 like i i didn't know 9-11 awesome see you that's know, what i, I love that's what i love covid i think they try to use it as a way to take over the world but a lot of people you're an example you're an example of a person who was going through their life you know just whatever and then all of a sudden they're hit with hit with this thing of like yeah oh, you got to stay inside and that that was the catalyst that got you start to start looking into this it, it woke up so many people right like, it totally backfired on them. Whatever they try to do, like, they backfire. We already won. Right. Like, we literally already won. And see, I don't, know, I don't know what to think about Trump. I don't believe any politician. But it does seem to me like Trump threw a monkey, monkey wrench into that whole machine because if Hillary would have won, they would have oh, gone through COVID and they would have fucking locked everything down for sure. Yeah, and then I don't know much about what they did with his FBI raid, but that is kind of sus, too. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's another thing. A lot of people are waking up to like, wait, what the fuck? That I I don't like Trump, but the fact that you raided his house is not cool. Like, what? Yeah, this is not like, America. They had no warrant, did they? No. I mean, I think they're trying to falsify one, but I, I haven't really looked into it. But it yeah, is just weird. Like, to me, whenever the media is telling me something, I go the opposite. And when, exactly. And when the whole media is saying uh, Trump is a bad guy, orange man bad, I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. Why are you telling me that? Yeah, that is, it is so weird. Like... Like I, I used to like 
you know, like I used like Trump because, you know, I have conservative values through the church in the South. And so I did like him, but, you know, COVID, I saw, you know, and then he was really Operation Warp Speed and all this like weird stuff with the vaccine. And, you know, we can get, we can talk about that too, if you want, because college and stuff. Um, but I, I, I don't, I really don't understand like what to believe about Trump because everyone hates him. So like, well, maybe I should like him because, you know, the mainstream hates him. But at the same time, it's like, he's also like a one percenter who like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he gave tax cuts to the rich. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's the thing with all these things. You kind of got to read between the lines and, you know, to kind of tie that back into what going against what the media says it's so weird how most of society just shits on Christians, talks shit about Christian. Everyone's so open-minded to like Hinduism or Buddhism or these yes. other alternative thoughts. But Christianity is like, no, that's the worst one. They're the worst. They're just, uh, they're the ones who cause all the problems. But it's like, okay, that's another thing. Why are they always trying to hush-hush Christianity? Maybe there's something to it. And like I said, yeah, yeah there's, it's been infiltrated and changed. But if you really go down that rabbit hole, the look, into, yeah, look into the book of Enoch, into the Nephilim, into how this kind of ties into what all these ancient religions are talking about, people coming from above and bringing knowledge. And you kind of start connecting all these dots. You're kind of like, holy shit, there's more to history in the world than they're telling us and letting us know. Exactly. And, and then you go like... If you want to take like history and stuff, like especially in high school, like I think the common, I think what I learned was Common Core. It was like world history, civics and economics, American history one and two, and you were done. You could take an elective like AP government or some other like online elective, but like we're learning about, we're scratching the surface with world history, civics and economics as 15 and 16 year olds, and then american history one and two which is all about the wars what that is what you're teaching students right right are you like that is it's a joke like there's so much more to this world that you know that we we just don't know about and another thing with the history stuff is like i follow this guy on instagram and he'll like go around he's been going around new york city asking people my age like the Dumbest questions. Oh, I know like, what you're talking about. Who's yes. who's the who? Like, what number president is Joe Biden? Or who was the 16th president? Or how many states are there? Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, I don't know, hundred. I'm right. like, are you? How do you not know? But then he asks them, what are the names of the Kardashian sisters? And they all know. Yeah, them. yeah, I saw that one, and it's like, oh, it's like Kendall, Kylie. I was like, like, this is why. This is why. Like this, right. my, at least my generation is so fucked. Like. Right. And like, you would think, just, like to me, that's why I'd say you would think that the churches, like the real big churches, would point this out. But th- that's how you know that they're not really spreading the truth about what that absolutely. idea spreads. Because if they were, like I said, they would kind of turn all these people into activists and to like go into society and try to wake others up about the truth. But it's slowly happening, you know. I, like you said, COVID, they try to put us under the rug, but we kind of snuck out and now people are waking up on mass and pushed it uh, at this in with Instagram, TikTok. Like it is used to dumb, dumbify people, but the spiritual and the conspiracy side of TikTok is blowing up. Yeah. And, and like, I wouldn't know what I know without Instagram and social media and yeah. the internet. Like, like they, they think that they can use this technology to like keep us docile and stupid, but like, 
it's making me smarter than I would be without it. Right, right. I and, have, I listened to this one video from Terrence McKenna. He he has this part. Y'all go look it up. It's a video by Terrence McKenna. It's called Trust Yourself. And in it, there's this one segment where he's like, uh, the clumsy elite spilled this knowledge of computational, the internet. They spilled it, and we grabbed it, and this empowered us, and this has actually given us the strength to push back, you know? Without it, like you said, without it, oh, my God, back in the 50s, how easy it was to control like, I know. the people. Because there was only four or five TV channels. Yeah, like CBS, NBC, all those, like, right. you know, the one eye on CBS. Right. <laughs> and that's where everyone on Monday at work, that's what they would talk about, what would happen on those four or five TV channels. But now it's so uh, segmented and divided that people are like, people don't really know what's on regular TV. I don't have regular TV. I just watch. Oh, no, like, I don't watch TV. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful. This is the Great Awakening. So okay, so oh, yeah. so you're you did jujitsu. You did um, you started going to college and you started uh, realizing that this whole COVID <clears throat> was bullshit. Were you already in college? Or were you just starting out? So when COVID happened, I was a junior in high school. Um, so my whole senior year was fucked. Damn. Um, you didn't have a then- problem. Nope, didn't have a problem. And you want to know what they did in my soccer season? What? So men's soccer in my state begins in August, but the governor kept pushing it back. Let's start in September. Let's start in November. Then we pushed, Then he pushed it back all the way to the beginning of January. And our season is supposed to run through October, from August, the end of August through October. Our season was like shortened to only like conference games so like usually what you'll do is you'll have a bunch of non-conference games and then you'll start your conference and then once you you know finish with your conference based on your standing you go to playoffs basically our half of our regular season was cut to fit only the conference games and then on top of that they literally made us wear masks outside oh my god playing soccer and like you would get a yellow card if your if your mask was like below your nose really oh my god if your mask was below your nose the ref would be like hey pull your mask up and if you like didn't pull it up again he would give you a yellow card for it oh my god what the oh it was the worst i was like you're making us wear a mask outside and then you're penalizing us it's like you're literally restricting our breathing like your children (laughs) like it's just so like i can't believe that they did that looking back on it right right I, I remember ridiculous. when it first started, like, they would lock up, like, uh, at parks, the, the playgrounds for kids. They would lock everything up, put police tape around and all that. I was like, damn. Oh, that's terrible. And like I said earlier, imagine if, if uh, Hillary Clinton was in office when all that shit happened. Man, we would be fucked right now. Oh, my God. It would be terrible. It would be terrible. And and so, like, that that is what, like, they did in my senior year and, like, it was, it was not a good experience. Like you, you would think your senior year would be fun. You'd go out on a, you know, you go out, have fun, do your senior prom, have all these senior events, but no, like, like that, that didn't happen. It was, it was not fun. And, and, um, they, they started the year with like, you come in, we, you come in like a day, B day, a, a days, first half of the alphabet, B days, second half of the alphabet, oh like Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a virtual day. And then when spring break came along, they were like, okay, after spring break, you can stay all virtual or you can come back to school full time. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go virtual if you're giving me the choice. You know what I mean? So, But but what was it from there? Like, okay, COVID is like this topical thing, but what made you start digging deep into like 
conspiracies and all this stuff. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm not entirely sure how I came became aware of it, but adrenochrome. I like I I don't know if it was Joe Rogan or not. I don't think he's talking about that on one of his shows, but like I I went through like a Reddit thread and I started reading about it, and then I went on this other thread, and it talks about, like, lizard people drinking adrenochrome. I was right. so confused, but I kept going down the rabbit hole, and then sooner or later, I, I started, like, following people on Instagram, and then uh, I would listen to Joe Rogan, and then, and then I, like, stumbled upon... I stumbled upon your Instagram, like, when you first started it, and and then I saw you did a podcast, and then I listened to your podcast with um, Agnew Wilson, Mm-hmm. And I bought the Tavistock book, and I read the Tavistock book, and I just started listening to a bunch of podcasts, um, and yeah, I just started, it started with the adrenochrome, but I seriously have no idea how I came across it. Yeah, man, see, that's the thing, like I said, if we didn't, if we didn't have that, or these people doing this thing on their own, you would have never have come across this in the 50s. And so, like I said, you're just one example, but this is happening all around the world. Exactly. And it's beautiful whenever, like, I see people protest, like, in different countries. People are putting, like, arrest Fauci, uh, New World Order, the Bilderberg Yes. Group. It's like, if you were to talk about this thing, like, because I got into this stuff when I was, when I got my first computer, when I got the Presario Compact, I think in... In the year 2000 it was the millennium you were computer. young too right yeah i'm 33 right now but i started i must have been nine or ten years old i got on this website i don't know how but it was this website about bible prophecy and then all of a sudden i started going down the rabbit hole of how china at the end is going to be like the world leader and this was back in 2000 and Damn. then I, I got down into the whole of, the whole of new world order and the bilderberg group and the bohemian uh, Bohemian. Oh yes, Bohemian Grove. Yes. Alex Jones was another one for right. me. All that stuff back then, and like you, and then I grew up, and in high school, I kind of tried to talk to people about it, but they just would look at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Tell but like now, you can go up to almost any random person and tell them, "Hey, you know about the New World Order or Illuminati?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, I heard about it." But I, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's awesome because it's slowly all this stuff's come becoming exposed and coming out into the open, and. They've lost their grip, you know. CNN isn't as big as they, it used to be, and people are disconnecting from that. No, world. their ratings are horrible now. Right, right yeah. They had to like yeah. destroy CNN Plus because no one subscribed to right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my sp- my Spanish professor, she was like, she was, I don't know how we got on this topic. But she was like, I love Anderson Cooper. I just, he's my favorite. Oh my and I was like, I just, <laughs> I put my palm in my head my head in my palm and I was like I was like if only she knew he was a CIA agent right and it was his job to make her that way <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he literally is a CIA agent dispelling propaganda to the masses yeah at, it's it, that's it and and it's just, it was so funny to me that she said that because <laughs> because I was thinking I know I was thinking about that like the day before or I was having a conversation with somebody about it but back what you said about like when people look at you crazy when they did that CERN thing and like I tried to tell like one of my really good friends and then we were hanging out with another friend I was like yeah like they turned on CERN and they're about to look for this god particle and they're opening portals and trying to channel demons and they both looked at me they were like dude what are you talking about are you believing everything you read on the internet like bro what the fuck like show me some show me some actual actual footage show me some actual documents and i and i was like i was like you you don't understand they're opening a portal and it's backfiring on them can't you see it can't you feel it 
It was, it was just so it was so funny to me. I was like, okay, well. But Steve, have you, you seen that actual journey. video where they do those weird rituals in front of CERN? Yeah, I've seen it. It's like they're wearing some like weird cloaks and they're dancing, in, right? Yeah. Is that what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. They're doing like this weird ritual to to like entities and shit. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's okay, these really guys weird. are scientists who believe in facts and logic and the scientific method. Why are they fucking with this dark occult shit? Yeah, this voodoo shit. Right. It didn't make sense. I'm pretty sure that the live stream for CERN was like tainted or was something that was fake or some something like that. Yeah, but yeah, man, it's crazy. Look, right now, it's so weird right now. When I'm... Where it's like, you know, if you take a look at Times Square, it's like consume, consume, consume more stuff, obey. And, and, uh, and even on like the little like media things, I, I can't think of an example right now, but like you'll see it and you're like, you know, once you notice one, then you notice them all. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so and okay, so you said you got into adrenochrome and then you started going down that whole rabbit hole. You got into podcast. And now can you talk to this stuff to anybody or are you kind of a, a, how's what's your situation? So I am I am really fortunate. Um so I have a cousin who is one year older than me and my Nana has, if without her, we, we wouldn't be who we are because my uncle and my mom, like my mom's brother, they don't talk. So we would never have hung out. So my Nana like, kept, you know, made sure that we were on trips together. We would spend the night at her house and we would, you know, once we got phones, we would like text each other, Snapchat each other, whatever. And he's in Wilmington too. And I am so lucky that I could have someone to like talk about that stuff with because I would go crazy. Like me and him, we send Twitter threads back and forth all day and we'll just talk about crazy stuff. Like I'm so fortunate to have him as somebody that can relate to me. Like it's definitely not a coincidence that we're on the same path and we're so close in age in the same, in the same city. That's you know awesome. what I mean? So, but do y'all get together or just through phone? Oh, yeah, we get together. We're about to hang out after this. Oh, sweet, sweet. We're about to get high as fuck and go to the beach. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. What, are, what, are y'all going to yeah. smoke or what? What's the deal? Oh, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna smoke. Uh, I have a bowl, but uh, it, it's like a pretty big bowl, like a big bowl, like piece, like the bowl itself. Uh-huh. So we, we get pretty high and we'll go walk on the beach, maybe see some stars. Oh, dude, Like we, awesome. we really get into deep conversations too. Yeah, see, that's awesome. And I, I feel so sad for people who don't, who don't have that. But that's why I think podcasts are awesome because you exactly. can be friends with these people who, who know about these things. And it's like you're there with them. Yeah, like you're part of the conversation. Like you're just, you're just sitting there and you're watching these two people go back and forth, talking, you know, having very deep intellectual conversations about you know, consciousness and what goes on in the world and truth. And, you know, even if you're not into this stuff, if you listen to like Lex Friedman and all the like, you know, technical stuff, you're still able to access this knowledge. Yeah, for sure, man. Man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of envious right now. I wish I could go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. How's I, your beach? A, is it get crowded and stuff or is it like chill? Okay. So, so there's Wrightsville Beach, which is really close. Like right off campus, there's a road called Wrightsville Avenue. You take that, you literally cross the bridge in 10 minutes. And if you drive all the way down, I go all the way down. Like, you know, you go one side, you go the other, it ends. I go all the way down to the last access, park, park my car, and, you know, you walk down a little bit, there's, dude, nobody. It's, it's a blessing. And there's also another beach, uh, like, you know, 30 minutes away. Uh, it's called Carolina Beach. And that beach is a little more chill. Lots of students will go to the Wrightsville Beach, um, but they kind of don't realize that you can go where no one else goes. So 
I'm pretty lucky to live at a beach um, that is like kind of popular, but you can still find secluded spots. And Wrightsville Beach is the type of place where if you wanted to leave your sandals right at the access, you could. Like if you left your sandals there, they, they would still be there when you come back. So you can put them back on and walk back to your car. Oh, that's sweet, man. I would just love to have a mushroom trip out there at the beach. Oh, we did that once too with the whole group. Oh, tell me oh, about that. that. Fun. Tell me about that. Well, um, we, we had these truffles and um, we, you know, we ate the truffles and we were, we weren't like, we weren't like tripping sack, but we were, you know, it was like, you know how when you do a low dose, you're so euphoric and you like have such a great divine appreciation for life and nature. And yes. you're so, you're just, all you feel is love. And you like think about all the people that are in your life. You're like, I love them so much. That was the kind of trip that it was. And so like, um, we had somebody who was able to drive and just to be safe. And we like drove to the beach at night, yeah. you know, down really the secluded part. And, you know, you just look up at the stars. I swear to God, you can see the dome when you're tripping. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so we were just looking at it like, oh, my God, like, wow, like, this is so crazy. Like, you know, never been at the beach tripping. Right. So, like, you just feel the sand on your toes and you feel the wind and you dip your, like, feet in, like, the water so it comes up. Like, it was so... It was like it was just magic, dude. Right, and see, that's what life should be. But we're so entrenched in these cities; it's so artificial, so fake. Wearing shoes all the time, you don't get to uh, sense dude. the ground. Yeah, I, I lately I've been going barefoot a whole lot. Like this summer, I when I was doing lawns back home, I'll take my shirt off, I'll take my shoes off, and do the lawn. Oh, it would feel so good. And people would drive by, and they would give me the whole head turn and like look at me. Oh. I'm like, bitch, take a fucking picture. <laughs> they want like, some. I'm totally getting my grounding on and maxing my vitamin D. Right, right. Like it, it just feels so good. Like when I wear tennis shoes for a long time. Like the, you know, the cushion rubber, like I'll literally have pain, like from my Achilles, like through my calves and to my hamstrings. It's horrible. Right. And then you think about it. Yeah. That's what your whole basically city life is. You're you're at home and you put these rubber shoes on, you step outside, you get in a car with rubber, with rubber tires, and then you come back home to your house with a rubber roof. Like it's all basically you're enclosed in this plastic fucked up shit that they extracted from the earth and enclosing you off from nature. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll even be on the beach. I'm like, you know, it's the beach, so I'm not wearing shoes. But I'll see people on a run on the beach and they're wearing shoes. I'm like, why are you wearing shoes right. here? Take your damn shoes off. Right, right, right. But then you see, I, I totally agree with you that. But then I get sad when I think about the fact that there's microplastics all over the ocean everywhere. Oh, God, like, dude. We, they, I saw that video, like the people, I don't know which country, but they speak Spanish. They opened up that fish and it had all this trash in it. Oh, yeah. Man, I saw that. It just made me want to cry. Right. Like, I know. Exactly. Like, and it's are like, you, are you, yeah, like I try to tell people like conserve water, you know, don't waste electricity. And it, it's not me being cheap. It's just me knowing that th- this earth is being used up in a wrong way where we could have free energy everywhere, but they're creating energy by destroying the world. That's how they create exactly. energy. And it's very exactly. Sad. There's literally free, free energy, the sun, right. like how that's the biggest cell in the whole entire you know universe. And we're not utilizing that. Right. And when we are using, utilizing that for the solar panels, the, the, I don't know what, what it's called, but whatever is inside of it is horrible for the environment. Oh. And they're so expensive to maintain. Right. And, uh, it's just, they don't it doesn't produce the same amount of energy like whatever whatever we're doing with the solar energy is just completely wrong 
And you know, that's another thing. When I was at the beach, I was thinking, like, why don't we have, like, turbines or something that could capture the energy from the waves? I mean, they're always going. They're, and they're powerful. Why don't we have, like, it, things out there harvesting the energy that the waves generate? I, I feel like, I feel like, I'm pretty sure there's something that does that, but it's, like, it doesn't produce this enough, sufficient enough energy to where it would be, like, oh. good enough. Like, the same kind of concept as wind turbines, but I feel like that's, like, that probably is probably being like um restricted through the oil industry you know what i mean for sure for sure like um like i'm sure you're aware of the dude that made a hydroelectric car yeah and that could like literally drive from california to new york on one single tank and then all of a sudden he just died right well and then and then the recently with the shooting that happened in boston it was a teacher i guess he did another one and he was uh, mysteriously murdered yeah yeah, and there's so it's, many things, like, when I, I'm always sitting around thinking, what can we do to actually fix the world? And, like, I'm always thinking back to hemp. If we all just, like... Literally. Yeah, if we all just really focused and grew a lot of hemp, we could... It's thousands of uses. It has medicine, fuel, uh, you can make clothes out of it. Anything you can think of, you can make from hemp. And it's biodegradable, it's safe, it grows quick. Yeah, it grows so fast. Yeah. And isn't it good for the soil? I don't know about that, but it sucks up carbon from the air. They're so worried about the environment. That's probably what I was thinking of. Yeah, man. There's so many things we could be doing, but like Terrence McKenna says, we're led by the least among us, the least visionary, the least noble, the, the ones least willing to actually do something for to better humanity. And then I always listen to this one speech by uh, Charlie Chaplin that it says that all this misery is but the passing of greed, that eventually humans are going to evolve and realize that these people on top that are manipulating all of us are greedy psycho, uh, psychopaths, essentially, that they're manipulating everything because they're greedy and they just want all this shit for exactly. themselves. Exactly. At, see, at then the root of I, it, it's greed. Yeah, and, but see, then when I think about that, like, okay, they, all these large corporate companies, they have all the money that they could possibly ever want. So then it's it's not about the money. It's really about shaping reality. Like you said exactly. earlier, through the media, they, they're working a manifestation. They put out all the things that they want to happen. And we, through believing in them, bring them to life. I agree. And they, the largest like sector, like the most amount of money that the corporations put back out, like Coke and McDonald's, is advertising. They spend billions of dollars every single year to advertise the same message to us right, right, right. to keep us consuming their products and, you know, low vibration. For sure, for sure. I remember when COVID was happening and they were like mandating people to take vaccines. I was like, why don't y'all mandate McDonald's to shut down? Why don't y'all <laughs> mandate people do exercise at home? Why don't y'all mandate like real shit? But no, they just... Yeah, it, yeah. yeah if, you, if you think about germ theory versus terrain theory, like... Like, are you going to tell people to, like, actually live a healthy lifestyle? Or are you just going to have them take something that's going to give you some money? Right, right, yeah. But I, I have hope, though. I think, like, like yeah. you're an example. People are waking up. And um, I don't know. It seems like it may, we may get to a point where they, like, really try to stranglehold us. But uh, humanity, and to me, the truth always wins. No matter yeah. what. No matter what. And even if they try so hard, like, like it's just a, it's a basic, no, so cliche. Like, for every... Re a reaction or every action there's an equal and opposite reaction so like if they try so so hard to keep us confined in this you know they try to lock us up they try try to tax tax us even more do whatever like social credit score whatever i feel like there would be enough pushback for them to be like okay so 
so we we definitely reached too far there yeah for sure that actually reminds me of a quote i think uh, albert hoffman the guy who created lsd um he says something on the long the lines like that what you said for a reaction there is an opposite reaction and so he was talking in the sense of the creation of the atom bomb because so I think the atom bomb, I don't know if it was developed the same year or the year before LSD was created. And he said that the antidote to the atom bomb was LSD, that it was going to blow mm -hmm. up men's minds and get them to like wake up and see what is really going on. And I, it's I just perspective was, changing. Right, yes. I, I think that's why I, I really love psychedelics, but I don't like to tell people to do them. But I'm like, man, if you could just do some research and really look into it, man, your whole world can change. Yeah. Just the way that you perceive the world. Like you said, when, for me, whenever I take psychedelics, I feel like I'm a child. Like all the filters, all the bullshit yeah. from my life that's been programmed into me, all that's wiped away and I'm just like a kid looking at the world like, wow, it's this is awesome. like a fresh new look. Yes, it's exactly. And, and like, I haven't done like a, like a really heavy dose yet. Um, kind of, not that I'm scared, it's just like, um, might be overwhelming uh, and like I'm still I'm still like young so I don't want to like mess anything up <laughs> um, but like every time that I've done it it's like it's just like like you realize the world like the world is so simple if you just vibrate at the same level like all it is is about just love and being like literally just being a good person like it's that easy right and, and it's a choice like it's literally a choice like people don't realize like being a good person being happy living the life that you want is a choice like you, you are depressed because you are choosing to be depressed by eating the fake foods you know not getting enough sunlight looking at fake light like you're choosing to be depressed right. if you know it or not that's how what you're choosing to be yeah, yeah, and, and, and I'll, another thing I tell, well, I don't have really told people, but it took me LSD at the age of 18 to remember how badass trees are. Like, I remember Dude. one time I took acid, I was just looking at this tree, I was like, I was seeing the energy inside of it moving up and down the branches, uh, turning the sunlight into energy, and I was just like, damn, it, it, it's because of this tree that I can breathe, and it's all interconnected, and it's all intelligent design. It just, okay. it's a beautiful experience. So I went, me and my cousin, we have a great uncle, Nana's brother. They're polar opposites. It's hilarious. She's like, you know, really, really Christian. He's, and he was, she was like, um, baby boomer kind of. And then he was like the hippie, hippie generation. Cause they're five years apart and he lives in California. I, I'll, I'll get to the point, but it's just, just super funny to me. Um, he's like all like hippie and you know, grateful dad, whatever you think about them. But he's done his fair share of drugs and he's really connected to nature. He loves to camp. We were camping in the Sequoia forest. We come up on a huge, ginormous redwood. He's like, he's like, yeah, come, come here, come here. He's like, put your hands up on this tree, and put your feet up on it and just listen to its consciousness. And I was like seven, you know, 16, 17 at the time. I was like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? And then, you know, a few you know, a few mushroom trips later, I'm like going up to trees. I'm like, holy fuck, this thing is so cool. Like you, like you'll just be walking or, or just doing your own thing. Then you just look at a tree and it literally like, like makes you stop and you just have to admire the greatness of the tree, like the way it grew and how huge its branches are and just how every tree is different. Right. Yeah. Like um, one, one time, one time I was I was on mushrooms and I was like riding my bike around and and like I was I was pretty gassed like I 
I was, you know, I was, I was like, not naive, but like, I didn't, not necessarily knew what I was getting myself into. And so like, I was trying to catch my breath and I was breathing really hard. And, and I just, I was like, I stopped at like a bench area where I was living and there were a bunch of trees, like huge, enormous, beautiful trees. And I was looking at the trees and I could feel like their energy in my chest. It was so weird. And I was like, oh my God, like, it's like overwhelming, like how powerful these trees are. And they're just standing there and I'm just here visiting where they stay. And, and it was so like, it was too much. <laughs> yeah, it can be ethereal. To what? It can be ethereal. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's probably what it is. Um, and even if y'all don't believe in that woo-woo bullshit, I saw this interesting post. Um, it says something along the lines of, if you're ever stressed out, go find a nice big oak tree or a nice maple, a nice tree, you know. Take your shoes off, take your socks off, sit with your feet on the ground and put your back on the tree, like lay your back on the tree for a mm -hmm. couple minutes, take some deep breaths, and you're going to feel yourself kind of like be normalized, be brought back to homeostasis. And I haven't, I've done that, but not when I was stressed out, but I, I want to try it sometime whenever I'm stressed out to just go sit and lay, like sit back on a tree. One time, one time I just like, um, when I was living in the dorms last year, I was not having a very good day. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go on a walk. So what I did for my walk is I took out my shirt, I took out my shoes, walked out of the dorm, the desk, you know, with no shoes on, the desk receptionist was like, what? She was like looking at me. I was like, yeah, just keep, keep walking. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, there's nature trails on the campus. So I was like in the nature trails and like, you know, it's the coastal plain. So I'm walking on sand. And so I was just walking around. I was like, looking at all the trees and I was just, you know, I didn't bring my phone and I was like, yeah, this is, this is good. This is good. Like it just helped me, you know, come back to like their level, like the, the trees level, like just yeah, yeah. where they're just simply, they just simply exist. Right. They just are. Yeah, they're not trying to exactly. be anything. They're not trying to impre impress anybody. They're just being their true self. Yeah, they yeah. just exist. And right. It's so simple, right. and it just it makes you just relax and calm, like de-stress. And that's exactly like what I needed in that moment. Yeah, man, for sure, man. It's so sad that that people like we have to reiterate this stuff. Like people have kind of lost this knowledge. It seems like. It's sad. Yeah. Because people are just stuck it, in these cities. Like right now, like I, I'm still looking at this video, London. It's all paved, all pavement. It's there, all paved. And no like grass. Trees in the city will only live. I, I only I heard this from a person, so I don't know. But she said that trees live like like eight years in the city. But if it, you let them grow in like a forest, they live for, you know, however long they want to live. Damn. Yeah, man. Because they have no one to talk to through the mycelium in the ground. Oh, yeah. That's Because they get then they get lonely. Oh shit, damn, that's actually, do you, right now I'm looking at this guy walk through like this, uh, I guess, uh, through this place and they have like a tree sticking out of the pavement and it's like, damn, these yeah. are, it looks like tree prisons, it's sad. Yeah, literally, and it's like, you'll see like, if you look on the ground, you like see the roots growing through the concrete and you like see it trying to prevail and like do something and nature always wins. Right. Oh, but you know what's sad? I, I don't know. Have you seen the movie uh, Blade Runner, the new one, 2049? No. You should watch it. Oh, watch it after you smoke if you can. But there's this part. I'm not ruining anything, but there's this part where the main guy, he's like, he's studying this picture because it's going to help him solve something. And he's looking at a picture of a de dead tree. And this girl walks up to him, like, in the middle of this town square or whatever. And she looks at that picture and she said, what is that? 
and he says it's a tree and then she responds with like oh that's pretty i've never seen one and i was like oh my god that would be a nightmare like could you imagine living your whole life without seeing a tree dude <laughs> no i can't that's crazy but th i, I could I definitely see that happening if we keep going the way we going like just making these artificial cities like all fake there's gonna be a moment in time where people don't know what nature is what the beach yeah. what the beach or like a forest is they're gonna forget all of that i saw this my cousin sent me this video and it was i think it's in like the middle east where they have nothing but basically what they're doing is like they're trying to build this huge like it's just like a line of like tall buildings and it's going to be like apartments and shops and gyms everything you need in this line of it's a city it's, yeah, I yeah, know what you're talking yeah about. you know what i'm talking about yes yes yeah i saw that's what they're trying to do that's they, sad. explain it yeah, explain it what it is so so it was like it was like i don't remember how many miles long it was but it was it's way longer than it is wide and it's just this one strip it's almost like it's out of black mirror and or like out of like not Divergent, what's the movie? I don't remember the movie. I was really young when I saw it, but it's just this like, everything you need is like apartments, apartments, and it's all different kinds of levels. It looked like a Call of Duty game or something. Yeah. And and they put like, they did have like trees and stuff in there, but it's like, it's like, that's not, that's not nature. Right. You know, it's it's in, the, it looks like a mall almost, like a huge long mall. Yeah. It's, it's like basically like a one block wide city. Yeah. It's long as hell, like miles and miles long. And it's all enclosed and it's all air conditioned and it's like damn that is that's sad yeah and they're like this can house you know something amount of millions of people and we would you know have no carbon footprint and i was like i was like they're just trying to put us in cages right yeah that literally we're in like little rat cages yeah yeah it was like some black mirror stuff i if you haven't watched uh, black mirror i encourage you to watch yeah black i've mirror. seen it and they're making a new season too so seriously yeah yeah oh me and my cousin that that is something that we we bonded on too when we were like younger we would like go to our nana's house i like showed him black mirror one time he's like bro we gotta watch this every time now and so um black mirror was something that uh we really liked i remember when i first found black mirror i was like so fascinated by the dystopian stuff like 1984 stuff that like i literally binge watched the show like overnight I was, yeah, that was in high school, though. If you like that show, you should also check out, I think there's another show. I think it's called Electric Sheep or Electric Dreams. It's on um, Amazon Prime. I'm looking Interesting. At I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's um, called... Because uh, I, I really love that stuff. It's called Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. And it's like, it's kind of like uh, that show, Black Mirror, is different episodes. Every episode's different. Yeah. It's about the dystopian future. Yeah, and like... And like one of the one of the first things I saw in real life that Black Mirror was doing was like the police dog in New York City. Oh, they had that man. police dog walking around New York City. My cousin sent me the Twitter video, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's literally straight from Black Mirror." They <laughs> like, literally got the like exact animal. Right. It's like, how do they how do they do that? Like, how did they get that same dog that was in the TV show like four years ago? That's predictive programming, bro. Exactly. So programming your subconscious mind right to accept it once it comes you're like oh shit i've seen that yeah yeah exactly right but, but well as we come to it and steve i really appreciate you coming on again folks he is a fan if y'all want to be on the show just hit me up um steve, I, I love talking with people like you steve like we had an idea where to talk to and we kind of just went everywhere and i love that because whatever yeah, came that was up, super fun whatever came up was meant to come out so 
Um, yeah. I hope you have a fun. good smoke session later. And as I close <laughs> out, um, I always like to ask the guests to leave us with like a positive piece of news, advice, or just a good token to leave with. What would you like to share with us? So I, my positivity would be just like don't black pill yourself. Like there is a point where I was so like stressed out with what's going on. Like I would just get so nervous and everything. Yeah. But then I realized like, well, none of that really pertains to me. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to focus on me. I'm not going to pay attention. I'm not going to let them mess with me. I'm not going to let outside forces stress me out, even like traffic and stuff. Like I, I am now in control of like my happiness, my stress, like, like I can choose. I'm not going to let what goes on in the world or what goes on around me dictate how I feel. I, I have the, I literally have the ability in me to choose. And some people are really, really stuck and they, you know, they're on antidepressants and stuff like that to make them feel better. And I really, really feel bad for those people because they don't realize that, that they can, they themselves can do what they need to do to be happy. Right. Like happiness is a choice and, and you can choose to be happy. And if you're not happy, I hope that this goes a long way and that you realize that, you know, there's things that you can do to change the way you live to be happy. Like if someone cuts you off in traffic, you know, you can scream and yell and honk your horn and you just be like, all right, that's cool. I'm fine. I'm not going to stress about it. Right. Or you can be stuck in traffic and, you know, really running late or pushing it to where you got to be. And you just, you know, you can be really stressed out at the stoplight or you can just sit back and realize this is where I need to be. I'm going to get where I need to be and everything is going to fall in place for me because I'm in control. Right. And ever since I took this, you know, perspective, this philosophy, everything has been falling into place for me. Everything has been, has been crystal clear. Everything has worked out the way it should be. Like I, I have no expectations. I have no, no like preconceived notion of how, how the world should work. I'm fully like, going with the flow and working at the same vibration as the universe and it it pays and it pays well <laughs> for sure brother so. that's awesome I, I always tell people yeah i mean things always work out don't fucking stress too much everything will be okay in the end if and it's not you're probably dead and then you have nothing to worry about so exactly so yeah that was beautiful brother and that actually reminds me before we started you told me you were reading this book called reality transurfing it kind of goes with yes. what you were saying tell me about yes. that please that is um that's kind of what um i pulled from the book and the kind of philosophy that i've been implementing but basically this book it's a very hefty book you can also get the condensed version too um this book is like 750 pages so what's it get. called and what's the name and okay the the name is Reality Transurfing Steps 1 through 5, and the author is Russian, so I'm going to spell his name out for you. His first name is Vadim, V-A-D-I-M. Mm -hmm. His last name is Zealand, like New Zealand. Okay. And basically what it tells you about how it is that everything in this world operates on something that we call pendulums or pendulums. I don't know how to say it, but... Um, basically a pendulum is something that is there for its own gain and it's here to take your energy so it can gain, you know, from its, from you and basically think of a pendulum as, as like the mainstream media. So the pendulum of the mainstream media wants to take your loose and fear monger you and to make you keep your attention focused on something else. But you can realize that if this is a pendulum 
and that I have the choice and I have the ability to decide whether or not I'm going to give this my attention and have it affect my fate and my destiny. And so you can actively choose to ignore it by literally letting it pass you by and waving it goodbye. So for example, if I have a inconvenience come up, like, um, let me think of an example, like, um, like I can't be with my girlfriend right now and I'm seeing all these couples around campus. That is a pendulum. Am I going to let this pendulum affect the way I feel about like my relationship and let this, you know, Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, that's not fair. Or I can just say, yep. Pendulum, you know, goodbye. Keep, keep walking that way. I'm bye. Like I'm literally going to wave you goodbye and I'm going to keep doing my own thing because I'm choosing to be happy and I'm choosing not to give it my energy. And what the root of it is, is focusing on choosing the life that you want. I'm not that far yet into the book, but it basically tells you to listen to the rustling of the morning stars, which is basically your heart. Your heart is telling you something and your mind ignores the heart because your mind is so egotistical that it ignores the heart. And so the base of basically connecting or choosing the things that you want to do is connecting your mind and your heart by listening to the morning wrestle of the morning stars. Um, and it's really been a huge help for me. Um, it was recommended to me on Instagram by Solbra. I recommend any young man looking to level up their life, go give him a follow on Instagram. Also, how do you spell that? Soul B R A. Soul, soul, like in Espanol, soul, S O L bra. B-R-A-H. I also recommend um, the Instagram account Epoch Rising. Um, Epoch, E-P-O-C-H, Rising. Um, They are two Australian dudes. um, Absolutely amazing content for young men. Um, Anyone can follow them, though. Um, Those two people are probably the catalysts of, of, like, my mentality today. Um... So, yeah. Okay, that's awesome, brother. I love it. And, like, to go back with what you were saying, yeah, people, you can create your own reality with your thoughts, but you have to actually take action also. Yes, exactly. You can't just say, oh, I want to make all this money and expect it to come on your lap. Exactly. Exactly. You must, What the first thing you can do, you have to, you can't have the, um, the scarcity mindset or like you can't have self-limiting beliefs. That's the first thing that you need to change. And that's the hardest thing for people. Exactly. Exactly. But once you realize that you have the capability to achieve anything via your thoughts, then you must take consistent action to achieve your goals. So like, for example, Epoch Rising is a guy in his young twenties and he was just like me, a college student and he's now financially free. And the thing that he says is attuning your thoughts to the same vibration of the lifestyle that you want to live, which also ties into sort of the reality transurfing philosophy. For sure, brother. I love that, man. And thank you for joining us, Steve. Uh, we can definitely do this again. And Oh, uh, absolutely. I would love to. Maybe we, I, I actually love this format better. We didn't have any ideas or anything, really. We just kind of had a five-minute talk previously, but... Yeah, we I just pre- kind of winged it. Yeah, I kind of prepare everything too much, and uh, it's it goes way better this way. Just go with the flow. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope you have a good evening, brother, and chill yeah, at the you beach. Too. Uh, make a sandcastle and then destroy it, because that's, <laughs> that's what it's... Yep. That's what All right, appreciate it so much.
All right, brother. Um, we'll talk a little bit. I'm gonna stop recording, and then we'll talk a little bit after. So awesome. Remember, Thank you. Remember, everybody, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. All right, guys. That was my talk with Steve. Um, it's very interesting to see where guy, guy, young people are nowadays. With the internet, like I said earlier, I guess there was a part where I said something about how the internet has slipped past the hands of the elite, and we can use it to our advantage to spread our message and our truth. And so to end, I don't think I've ended the show with like a, not a song, but I want to end with this speech that Terrence McKenna did, and it was turned into kind of a song, motivational type of thing. I've heard it, no joke, at least 65 times, I think. This is part of the, this is a video that I added to that playlist that I'm always mentioning. I have a QR code that I post on my Instagram often. Uh, go check it out. I am truth.in.media. And it's this QR code I developed that I feel holds the potential to wake up normal people. It's basically a series of videos, about 250 of them, I think, right now. And they all have a purpose. They are all meant to dispense some type of truth or let you in into this type of thinking of not letting yourself be oppressed by either the elite or society or just ideals around you trying to manipulate you. So to end, I'm going to play uh, the ending of this video. This video is about 14 minutes long. Uh, it's really good. I'm going to add it in the show notes. But it's called Terrence McKenna, Trust Yourself. And it was posted by Aaron G. eight years ago. So um, this is the last couple of minutes, and I feel this kind of encapsulates this talk very well. So if you don't know Terrence McKenna, please go check him out and go check out his stuff. He's very, very, very smart guy, very interesting, and um, very trippy guy. So again, know yourself, improve yourself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. This is Terrence McKenna in Trust Yourself. What the archaic revival is going to have to mean if it has teeth, is a re-empowering of the individual and a consequent lowering of the, of the profile of institutions, especially government. We need to think about these things because we have bought into the idea that we have to serve and behave and be enslaved, else chaos will engulf the world. We need to carry out our analysis of the situation to the point where we can embrace chaos and see that chaos is the environment in which we all thrive. That's how I've done it for years. You think I could have lived, you think I could have gotten away with this in the Soviet Union? I don't think so. I require a society on the brink of social breakdown to be able to do my work. And, uh, and I think a society on the brink of social breakdown is the healthiest situation for individuals. I don't know how many of you have ever had the privilege of being in a society in a pre-revolutionary situation, but the cafes stay open all night, and there's music in the streets, and you can breathe it, you can feel it, and you know what is happening. The dominator is being pushed 
it never succeeds. It never, uh, it never is able to claim itself. But on the other hand, history is young. We may have, uh, we may have a crack at this. A global society is coming into being. A global society made out of information that was not intended to be ours, but which is ours through the mistaken invention and distribution of small computers, the printing press, all of this stuff. Information is power, and information has been spilled by the clumsy handling of the cybernetic revolution by the dominator culture in so that it is everywhere. Never has the situation been more fluid. Never have uh, the opportunities for infiltration, insurrection, and hell-raising been more present at hand. But we have to seize the opportunity. If we continue as we have, then, you know, we're doomed. And the judgment of some higher power on that will be they didn't even struggle. You know, they went to the boxcars with their suitcases and they didn't even struggle. This is too nightmarish to contemplate. We're talking about the fate of a whole planet. Why are people so polite? Why are they so patient? Why are they so forgiving of gangsterism and betrayal? Uh, it's very difficult to understand. I believe it's because the dominator culture is increasingly more and more sophisticated in its perfection of subliminal mechanisms of control. And I don't mean anything grandiose and paranoid. I just mean that through press releases and sound bites and the enforced idiocy of television, uh, the, the, the drama of a dying world has been turned into a soap opera for most people. And they don't understand that it's, it's their story and that they will eat it in the final act if somewhere between here and the final act they don't stand up on their hind legs and howl. And it's not done through organizing, it's not done through vanguard parties or cadres of intellectual elites. It's done through just walking away from all of that. Claiming your identity, claiming your vision, your being, your intuition, and then acting from that without regret, cleanly, without regret. Peace.